0: i'm not taking any questions go ahead and get comfortable i'm gonna talk for a little bit you're listening to cabbie presents the podcast welcome 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 to the cabbie presents podcast as you guys know all my content is where sports meets pop culture that's my lane and you know i'm a huge music fan so today we're talking music With a talented producer and a DJ who travels more than 300 days a year. I started this podcast in 2012. It's taken me three years to get this man here in the studio. And finally, we have a long-awaited proper catch-up and exchange of great stories. Before we get to that, thank you, DeMar DeRozan, for the nine years you gave to the Toronto Raptors organization. Thank you for re-signing with the Raptors when you did and believing in the city and rebuilding its reputation, the team's reputation. Salute to you, sir, your growth, your personal growth, your growth as a basketball player. You're very kind to me, so thank you very much, sir, and what you did for the city of Toronto. A couple of my favorite moments with DeMar specifically, in I think 2013, I think my man D came up with this idea about a slingshot and putting opponents, other people in the Atlantic Division on a slingshot and it was when Rudy Gay was here, DeMar ended up hitting the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets logo, and they later faced the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Lost in seven, but it was a premonition. Also, I, there was a piece where around the 2016 All-Star game where Kyle and DeMar started arguing, and I st- I sided with DeMar, and DeMar was like, yo, I don't need you on my side, man. I don't need you defending me. And I was like, oh, wait, I thought, I thought we were a team. That was fun for me. Um last year Kyle and DeMar mushed a whole cake in my face. Uh I hope that was fun for the audience. If you haven't seen that one, that's on YouTube. And the most obscure of my DeMar DeRozan interviews, and I don't even know if this one is on YouTube, but I was doing a March Madness piece in two thousand twelve, I think, or thirteen, and I got him to wear like this wizard's hat to predict who would be in the Final Four, and he's a USC guy. I don't know if he picked USC, and uh, there's some line about, like, you know, he's wearing the hat, so maybe he should go buy a lottery ticket. I'm like, yo, the lottery ticket is every two weeks when you get your paycheck. And it's the first time I think anybody heard DeMar DeRozan laugh, and he had this great laugh. I think it might be in the best of 2012, so uh, that piece. But anyway, if you want to take a stroll down memory lane, you're more than welcome to do so on TSN's YouTube channel. On a moderate dive, I found some clips of Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, in these commercials that the San Antonio Spurs do with local retailers and businesses, he's pretty good. So now I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with Kawhi Leonard when he comes to Toronto? And there's media to have a couple of ideas, nothing Really crazy yet because I don't he doesn't know me and I don't know him So I don't know how far to push it on our first on our maiden voyage in a cabbie presents episode But if you have any ideas hit me up because I'd love to hear them and I want to I want to make an impression on uh, Kawhi Leonard the silent assassin Mission Impossible 6 Amazing a friend of mine. I called the suit makes fun of me because I love Tom Cruise movies and I'll always pay fifteen bucks. I actually paid twenty five the other day to see Mission Impossible Six in a VIP theater. But he's gonna give me like every like every cent of that fifteen dollar admission. I'm gonna get in entertainment generally, speaking, certainly with the Mission Impossible movies. I can't speak about like the Mummy and you know Night and Day or some of these other films, but it's a top. It's a top five action movie of all time. And for those who've seen it, you may agree with me. It's in there, in the conversation with Terminator 2, True Lies. Pick one of the Bourne movies that you love. I personally love the Bourne supremacy, that car chase where Jason Bourne is in a taxi, like driving through Moscow is amazing. There are no empty streets. And it's not a sexy car chase like where you have one of these beautiful exotic muscle cars. No, it's a broken down taxi and my guy's going ham in the taxi. Hard-boiled in the conversation for top five, a John Woo flick in 1992 with Chai Yun-Fat. Mad Max, which is just microwaved Red Bull in a syringe plunged into your neck. And I don't know if war movies are considered action movies, but if they are, then Saving Private Ryan is in that conversation as well. Mission Impossible 6, amazing. Also, um, unrelated, huge shout out to Sasha Baron Cohen and his show, Who Is America on Showtime. This is hysterical. I never got to see Ali G because I didn't have HBO when I was in school and... um. I didn't have British TV either. So just kind of heard about Ali G and like one of somebody would have like a bootleg on a videotape or whatever. And they only made 18 episodes of the Ali G show. Uh, But the characters that he's doing in who is America, which is on Showtime or Crave TV in Canada. Unbelievable, like unbelievably awkward situations, hilarious, painful, excruciatingly painful situations. It's awesome. Shout out to you, Sasha Baron Cohen. And one more. Huge Salute. To LeBron James opening a public school in Akron the I promise school for 240 kids who are at risk 120 in grade 3 120 in grade 4 you are a Titan an icon a legend using your platform to affect positive change for so many people this will resonate this is part of his legacy you're an unbelievable person and You know, I'm glad that you didn't just stick to sports. You know who's happy that LeBron James didn't just stick to sports? Those 240 kids. And thousands of others that are inspired by the dude. You know who's happy that J.J. Watt didn't stick to sports instead of spearheading a massive charitable campaign to raise $37 million for Hurricane Harvey relief? All those people in Texas that were affected by that hurricane. I loathe when people say, fans say, stick to sports. I'm glad that these athletes have character, conviction, morality, purpose, to follow their hearts, use their influence to affect real-life change. You guys are real-life heroes. So shout-out, big salute to you, LeBron James. And this is coming from a Kobe guy. And now we're going to set aside the salutes as I salute a talented dude, a friend of mine, and this hour-long conversation about hip-hop music electronic dance music and some stories from some wild parties my guest steps into the booth right now up in the studio and i remember this other time where uh, i used to always get on punishment and told not to use the phone you know i'm honest
1: I, I'm, I'm literally giving people a picture of what i went through at all aspects mm-hmm. of my life honestly almost anything goes it's amazing to You know, to step into the ring with someone like like him. Who are you and where do you
0: come from? May I ask. I can't remember the last time I physically saw this man as he spends his adult life traveling from city to city, venue to venue, festival to festival, country to country, continent to continent, providing the escapism and entertainment we all need in our lives. As a talented DJ and a very talented producer, I was introduced to him by a very good friend, Kenny McIntyre of Red Bull fame, and a mixtape from Team Canada, a DJing duo from Montreal back in 2006. Coming to prominence in the age of mashups, then carving out his own lane in the world of electronic dance music, I'm happy to have Grand Theft in the studio on the Cabbie Presents podcast. Welcome, sir.
1: What's up, Cabbie? Thank you for having me.
0: My pl- Guy, you're like the hot girl in high school. Uh, I was in grade 9, and you were also in grade 9, and I had to chase you for like five years to get a date, <laughs> and we're finally, we're finally on a date,
1: my dear. I'm honestly the worst. <laughs> I should have come here long ago, <laughs> but it's, it's busy times, so lots of crazy travel, and when I'm back, I'm rarely back for more than a day or two, you know, so.
0: That's part of it's your life.
1: Like, it's, part of, it's the life. It's what I signed up for.
0: I met Majid and Jordan recently. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Majid is uh, sneaky tall. Like sneaky six too. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect. but oh, yeah. I met uh, I met both those dudes at a at a Levi's thing in Toronto, and Jordan was preparing to go to Austin to DJ at a at an event. Okay. And he said his process is like he freestyles his sets. Yeah. Is there any part of your preparation where the playlist is like scripted, like you have okay these six songs in a row? I know these are my bangers, or these twelve songs for a certain part of the party. Or these 15 leading up to that sustained level of like the height of the party?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been DJing for a long time now. So, um, and I've been freestyle DJing forever. I mean, I learned how to DJ on vinyl and learned by playing for like six hours in a a club or in a lounge or whatever by myself um, on vinyl. You know what I mean? So, like I learned all about freestyling, how to pace a night and how to do that. But now currently like, my gig is like some of it is like that. If I play an after party or I show up unannounced, I DJ somewhere or something, but the shows that I do at festivals or like my my big shows, I mean, I definitely do a bit of that. But um, if I just go off the cuff like that, it'd be like those guys doing that at their live show, like at a festival or something. If he's going to DJ a party, I mean, it's different. But if I go at my live show and I do that completely like freestyle, like I'll forget to play my songs. I'm really out to play like my own music as much as I can, you know. Oh, so, okay. so I try to put together like I do a lot of prep for every set, and um and I try to put together an idea of what I'm gonna do. And then when I get out there, I mean, it really depends on, on what it looks like and uh, and what the vibe is. And I definitely pull all kinds of audibles, you know, on the on the fly. But um and I can do that. And I could just go out and with nothing and, and freestyle it. But like I said, then I'll forget to play a bunch of my songs and then
0: How would you, you know, forget your own songs, my G?
1: Because there's a lot of songs put in there, man. Like I got a lot of music and of my own. And if I want to put it in the coolest way, you know, and, and make sure I play them. It's easy to forget to play your own songs. I mean, if if some of these festival sets are an hour, which isn't very long. It's not like, you know, playing all night, DJing all night. So that goes by real quick. And it I does. play songs real fast. Like I'll play songs for a minute and a half, but even still, you know, eat, like just, it's, it's easy to forget. And then people will be like, <laughs> I came out to hear you play your, you know, my favorite song of yours and you didn't play it. So I try to, I try to make sure that I have a basic structure and then I work from there, you know?
0: As you play from an elevated platform with, you know, synchronized lights, the occasional mm-hmm. CO2 blaster, the confetti yeah. blast, even, maybe even some pyrotechnic on the stage. Are you, as a DJ, are you in sort of like, are you the show, like the look at me show? Or is the music the star? Or maybe it's a, maybe it's a bit of both.
1: I mean, like I said, I, I grew up like playing, I mean, I got into this because I was writing music like from the time I was a kid. I also in the band girls. stuff. I mean, from an early age, the girls, yeah, no question. <laughs> I mean, I was not good at sports, you know I mean? I played <laughs> soccer from my high school and like, I was I, but you know. <laughs> You know, music. I was. I realized at an early age music was oh, my way 1, to, get, to get one thousand
0: percent
1: to get any girl's attention. I mean, I wouldn't say it worked very well, but <laughs> um, you know, I, from an early age, I was I was making music to make music, and it's never that comfortable being in the spotlight. It was just kind of what I it's, I. it's just something I always did, you know. And as it became my career, I started DJing in clubs or lounges where you're not the center of attention. I mean, you're kind of. The DJ used to be like in the corner. Yeah, you know they'd be like. Sometimes it'd be like at the end of the bar or something. It'd you know, be like a little <laughs> setup. You know what I mean? Though, yeah. like it and, did back in the no, day, right, though. You're right? right, you're right. So like you know, as as the whole thing has evolved and as my career has evolved, um, uh, now like I'm on a stage. Yeah, and You're very much front and center, and people show up and they look at you and they're like, "Okay, like what are you gonna do? Like entertain <laughs> me? You know, I bought a ticket. Like let's go." And um so my show has evolved and I think like I've evolved as a performer and uh I try to go out with a different kind of energy and, and uh I do a lot of talking with the crowd and I don't know, just try to try to entertain, do what I can to entertain people, you know?
0: You mentioned sometimes you only have an hour set. How many songs can you squeeze into an hour? Like twenty four, twenty five?
1: Sometimes. I make a ton of edits too. Um, I play a lot of just to of my get like, the, to like the banger yeah, part of, yeah, of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or to or I, make you, a mashup still like mashups are almost back. Like I kind of make put songs together, kind of remix songs and edit them and uh, and cram as much as I can into the sex. I got a lot I want to say. You know, you want <laughs> it, It's tough, but
0: uh, guy, you're a legit performer. Like I, I've I've seen. I mean, obviously, I follow you on, on the gram. You've so seen I've it on seen, the gram. I've seen it on the gram. And I, we got to
1: get you out to a show though one of these days.
0: Listen, I'm going to, I'm later in this podcast, I want to tell a part, like a story of probably the greatest party I've ever been to. And <laughs> you are the result of that. Wow, or you're wow. the, the main conduit of that. Wow. And I'm,
1: uh, I'm terrified of what,
0: no, the well, you, I don't know if we've, maybe we've had this conversation. Maybe we haven't had this conversation. At what point is like the height of a party? Say you're, say you're like, okay, you have to, you're, you're at a gig in Helsinki or Austin or mm-hmm. friggin' you're in Singapore or something. And like okay your your night is four hours. It's like 11 to 3 or 12 to 4 or 10 to 2 yeah. what what is like the height of the party where you have to sustain that energy for like I don't know an yeah. hour while people are just Hydrating themselves with tequila and that, bad decisions That's when
1: I'm playing I'm not I'm very rarely playing not at the height of the party and I'm not doing really the warm-up and stuff these days It's like even at my own shows. It'd be like max two hours 90 minutes is kind of optimal Sometimes two hours, you know, at my own headline show in a venue. Um, never really more than that, ever.
0: So are you coming that. in like you're LeBron James, like in the fourth quarter, or like uh, Steph Curry? Like you're just There's still an arc you're, to it, you know, there's, there's an, arc. an arc to okay. it,
1: yeah. And and I try to play, I mean, I have a lot, a lot of my music is, is real high energy, and then a lot of it is like pretty mellow. So I try to squeeze in some of that and, and kind of introduce it in a cool way in the venue to like kind of have those peaks and valleys to like, it just breaks it up a little bit too. But I mean, it's pretty high energy, man. It's pretty high energy. And it's like, yeah, I'm coming in. I'm coming in pretty hot. And it's, it's, it, we're going.
0: When you are playing, uh, you're headlining shows and people are there to see you. Mm-hmm. Are you playing music strictly for the girls or like a little bit for the dudes too? Cause you know, they're going to while out.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a mix and um How
0: what is the mix? Give me like the percentage. Like 80% for the really ladies. It really depends for- on what
1: the, it depends on where I am and depends on what the crowd is like. Like, you know, if people are coming to give that energy. I mean, girls go just as high, hard as the guys, man. These festivals like pff, even harder, man. It, like that the festivals there's like a rail, right? There's like a barrier.
0: Okay, in yeah, front because, of the stage okay, There's a yeah. gap
1: and then there's a barrier. And I mean, the kids on that rail are just going ham. So I mean, all the way through. But typically, you know, that's it's full of girls, man. Like they're they're there and like just to go.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. hard. That's you know, th- it's
1: crazy. <laughs> People are moshing sometimes at these shows. Like it blows my mind. I'm like, I'm scared for them sometimes. Sometimes they're like, don't you know, don't hurt each other. It's, it's like I don't. You know, sometimes you see girls in these mosh bits, and you're just like, damn, it's just. It's I, I mean I wouldn't say the high energy stuff is any more for the guys than it is for the girls.
0: Okay, fair point. Since everybody's there to have a great time, yeah, and the DJ is like the star of the party, and they want to be entertained. Aren't all the crowds kind of the same, or is is there like an, is an American crowd different like American festival crowd different than a Canadian? Crowd or different than somewhere in Eastern Europe? Like, can, are there different crowds? Yeah, or
1: are there are they different or crowds. they
0: all kind of look the same to you because there are thousands of people who yeah. are just looking at you, just ready to have a great time. Nobody's there, screw-faced, like not trying to have while out or whatnot.
1: I mean, you never know. Sometimes, like, you never know. But I mean, you, we all have tough, tough shows sometimes. Still, but I mean, typically, it's pretty, it's pretty friendly out there. People are there to have a good time and. Uh, whether, you know, regardless of how they're looking at you when you get out there, you know, you got to remember people are all there to have a good time. No one goes out to to party to have a bad time your, or, to absolutely. Stand or, or, you know, or like, you know, to to be negative. So I don't know. I mean, it's different, though. Like, even though the world of music and uh, of entertainment is pretty homogenized by the Internet, it's like, man, it places are different, you know? They're different my dude like we go out, we, like we're in Asia sometimes or all over Europe last summer I spent almost a whole summer in Europe and I've done a bit of touring in Europe But like not like last summer I did Like 25 shows like 15 16 festivals or something oh, over wow. there all in Europe So we we're just over there mo- almost the whole summer and I mean it's different It's just totally different the climate even from country to country is different you go some countries. I mean um, like there's a couple places like in Germany, for instance, and in Amsterdam where the kids are going so hard. Like it's that those are some of the places where you're like, it's almost scary how hard these people come out to go. Like you're like, I'm scared to play anything that isn't like the hardest like <laughs> music that would honestly terrify you, you know, like it, anything short of that. They're like, not even really feeling it, you know, they, they wanted, they're just out to like mosh basically. And then there's other places where it's really not like that, like, you know. Um I would say the climate like the shows in the UK and Paris and certainly in Spain. Um it's just not quite like that. They're like what, it's a little more bit chill, a little more chill or more Just like I don't know, just uh, More refined? A, just different. And they go off to different stuff. There's also some place over there where the climate is just is just a long history of house music, you know, or or certain places like I'll play Berlin, it's like a lot more underground and it's like i don't even have like a techno crowd there like that's techno music is big there but my crowd comes out will be into more of the rappy beady cool or er, stuff that i do that i'm not trying to play anything that's like commercial really at all there and then you know but then you go to china or somewhere and it's like the opposite you know they really want the commercial they want the sing-along stuff uh, okay, and, and okay. different places in the states are different you know i played almost all the states and the other day i attracted to I think I played everywhere but like five states you know and and every state is is I won't say every state is different but the Midwest is different than playing in Miami which is different again than playing in California it's just the energy and how you how you bring is different and there's also I try to squeeze in like some regional music everywhere I go so I try to think of something that's gonna that they don't expect that they know that they don't expect other DJs coming and play you know what I mean
0: you mentioned uh Germany and, and I think you said Amsterdam where they're going like so hard yeah. if a fight breaks out Do you ever stop the music? Yeah,
1: yeah. you do yeah, you've done that sure. before? Yeah, oh, yeah, or even if it just gets too Too crazy. Yeah, or if I feel like people are getting hurt or something. Yeah, it's like okay guys so, so what do you yeah. like
0: do you are you out there like okay? This is a public or, a service or something if people are fighting. It. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean yeah, I'll, I'll stop it for sure Yeah, I mean I'll, and I'll address it. I mean sometimes if you're in a venue someone will tell you like there's there, there's a fight if you don't see it or something they're like oh it's, you know there's this thing I'll stop the music or something but i've stopped it if if i see like a fight happening like on the dance floor that's like ruining the party i'll stop it and just like i'll call call them out i'll be like like, are you guys done? You know, like, <laughs> we're, we're all trying to have fun here. And you guys, like, are you, you guys yell done? At them, or
0: do you say like that? Yeah. Are you guys done? Yeah.
1: Like, can we, are you done? Can we continue with this party? Are you guys like done? All right. Being tough guys? Hole. <laughs> are you, are yeah, exactly. you, yeah, exactly. You know, dancing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that usually works, like, honestly, because. If two guys are, like, fighting in the club, like, I'm sure it's over something, but it's have to just, like, be a tough guy. You know, you know, you know, you know the type to, like, you know, throw hands in the club. It's, like, usually, like, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, some dumb, dumb Yeah, usually it it involves
0: whiskey, uh, tequila... Vodka and you know somebody's girl. Or like, somebody's girl, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Or you looked at me funny. Are you stepped <laughs> in my shoes or something. Well, well listen, so but like,
0: stepping on your shoes like that's
1: okay. Yeah, that's that's I mean, where you draw the line. You're yeah, like, yeah. You're and, like, <laughs> but, you,
0: but like, if you wear certain <laughs> kicks yeah. at the party, you yeah. deserve to get them stepped on. Like,
1: true, man. You got to know
0: what you're doing. There's yeah. got to be like club shoes and then you know every your everyday fit where you're out exactly. Walking where you don't think you're gonna get they're gonna get scuffed. I'm wearing white sneakers right now and I just I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, but, I, like man, these. I don't,
1: I don't want to fight Gabby. I'm not going to step on those. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know if DJ DJM is considered like the godfather of mashups or maybe the guy who was the most popular for hmm. mashups in 04, 05-ish yeah. or 06-ish. When you started mashing up songs and they're, you know, classic rock with like a Jay-Z or 50 Cent beat. It was like genre mashing. And you're experimenting on vinyl stuff. Mm-hmm. Were you... Would you would you play some mashups that other guys had done, or would you just try to play your own version of whatever you could invent in your room as you're put, or you know, at a club where you might you might be posted up at the end of the bar and like, okay, I'm just this is practice because the bar is not really that live.
1: Well, when we started doing that, it was um, I had a DJ partner, dr One, right, uh, and we had a group called Team Canada. But before we even really called it that, we we did a couple parties. We used to play, we used to basically be hip hop DJs, but in Montreal. But we were pretty underground. I mean, the big clubs wouldn't really book us. We we ran our own parties and uh, at smaller venues, but they were popping. You know, we we had we worked a lot. You know, we were making a living DJing, and um, we got the chance to do a couple bigger things. And we one one thing we decided we wanted to go in. It was a New Year's party, as New Year's two thousand four.
0: Wow! Okay. And we decided in Montreal. To,
1: in Montreal, and we decided to go in and. Um, Play all kinds of music. So we prepped it out like turntablists. You know, we went, got a bunch of records. We already had a lot of the records we wanted to play, but we just decided to play all kinds of music. Like it wasn't even called open format then, but no one was really doing it. It was like you were a hip hop, at the time, you'd go to a hip hop club or you'd hear rock music at a pub or you'd hear house music. I mean, you wouldn't even always hear hip hop and R and B like underground hip hop. It was like there were jiggy hip hop nights and underground nights. You right, know what I mean? Right, like
0: yeah, you're right, it yeah. was
1: like real like divisive, you yeah. know? And sometimes it'd be hip hop and reggae in a in a club, you know, in Toronto or Montreal, but it was like that was like what, what you did. There was no and maybe a DJ would be versatile to run two different kinds of nights, but even that was like a stretch, you know? So we were like, we're just gonna come in there and just play all kinds of stuff and we'll have little routines with it. And, um, but we didn't, we weren't like up on Z trip or AM or any of that stuff. We didn't really know. We, we had no frame reference for this. So we just kind of did it and it went really well. And so we, we did it a couple other times. And one time we came up to Toronto and did a little battle. So we had like a, it was like duos of DJs and we came to battle a couple of like Toronto DJs. Who
0: were the other DJs at the time?
1: It was like soul controllers. Okay. Or like yeah. Legends and it was uh grouch. And someone else. who wasn't with Dopey. He was with someone else. And uh, there was another duo from Montreal that came up for it. and It was a little thing at Elmo Combo, like a <laughs> wow. tiny little thing. But so you, for
0: those listening, Elmo Combo yeah. was is like this was like this iconic venue on Spadina. It was Spadina in college, yeah. right? And it was like it was upstairs. It was around since like the fifties or sixties. I feel like icons like um, the Rolling Stones had like partied there, or like or maybe that was. Um, yeah. Uh, the comfort zone, just up the street, but it was kind of run down.
1: Oh, yeah, it was really run down. I mean, it was basically like a dance studio or something by day, and like so, we 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 came up to this spot, and it, we just uh, we were like knew we were gonna lose because we're going against Toronto DJs in Toronto, and uh, we couldn't even get a gig up here at the time, so. And we decided to do that thing. We were like, well, we're already going to lose and these guys are going to come with dub plates and like all this crazy stuff and we're, we're, it is what it is but we might as well like make our mark. It was a four turntable thing. So we came up with full routines like, but all with like, yeah, like Led Zeppelin and Technotronic and Nirvana and like like house music, like Daft Punk mixed with what well, like, Rap, rap acapellas, but did it all live. So there was no playing other people's mashups. I mean, there was no such thing. It was just like, one guy was juggling a rock beat, and the other guy's putting it an acapella over top. It was like that. And like I said, we had never seen anyone do that before. It was just like...
0: You guys instinctually we were just, just like came up as, with that style.
1: Yeah, well we liked all these records, and we're like, why does no one play them, and why don't we just like... Everyone knows all these songs, so how... Like, people might clown us, but like, it's... Who cares? We're gonna lose anyway, you know? It's just like, I think it's gonna be fun. And we had done it a couple of times, not to this level, you know? Where we had like a routine, basically. So we did that, and uh, it was like a secret ballot. And we ended up winning this battle. I think we won like 250 bucks and a case, <laughs> and a case of Red Bull or something. Like <laughs> and we were top of the world. You could have. We were like, we're good. Like we we <laughs> we we've, we've won DJing. Like we're good for life. We couldn't believe it. And we met the guys uh, there. We met Brock and Lowe. Um, oh,
0: from One Love Tio.
1: One Love Tio. And uh, they came up to us, like, you know, introduce themselves, and they're like. Yo, know, we're thinking about doing this party. Uh, and this is like totally like a vibe. Like we could maybe do something with this, Please, yes. whatever you guys just did, you know, that was crazy. Like let, maybe we could do like a party like that, you know, where you guys come and do this thing. And so we did this one off party, the shuffle party. Um, you know, a couple months later, we came back into that party. And then a few months later, we just started doing monthly. So with them, um, at revival and, and that was like the cornerstone for like our sound. Basically, you know, we, we came in a shuffle party once a month and, uh, and played the whole night all on vinyl. Yeah. And, uh, and around that time, we started getting into Serato. Serato came out, so we could start to play digital files as well. But yeah, I mean, we were just doing live mashups, basically.
0: When was the last time you carried uh, crates? Pff,
1: my dude, not a long time, man. <laughs> I mean,
0: I used, like to, before, I, I used like... to
1: be stronger, man. Like, I used to <laughs> I used to I used to have to carry so many records. I used to even fly with them sometimes and now I mean dude Thank the a, Lord
0: for technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thankfully. Although, although the biceps hurt. Oh, they're suffering man. I'm so weak now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so weak. I used to be like be able to carry that stuff. no problem I, There's no way I could do it now
0: God, there. Okay, so back in 2006 This is when mashups were becoming more popular when you'd go to but only certain certain DJs could play like a really strong set and uh, this guy we called Johnny Red Bull. His name is John Picklick. He worked for Red Bull in yep. in wi- Winnipeg in, in Saskatchewan. Winnipeg,
1: yeah. He's and still the homie. He, he is still yeah, the homie. Yeah. We call him
0: Johnny Good Times yeah, now, but yeah. before we called him Johnny Red Bull. And he uh, he hit up my man D and I, my producer Dave Cricks. Like, hey, I'm throwing a party on a random Monday. Yep. You guys want to come to Winnipeg? And we're like, yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. So actually, even before that the way I was introduced to you is and people in Canada or people certainly on the west coast if you're watching this or you listen to this there's a there's a suburb of Vancouver called Surrey and Surrey they everybody just on Surrey who's from Vancouver <laughs> but so one one night Kenny McIntyre picked us up from the airport or from our hotel's in a limo and then we went to Surrey went to a party and in the limo this is when we had, had CDs Kenny's like we're playing here's he and he handed Dave and I, a Team Canada CD, which is just a oh, bunch nice. of you guys yeah. mashups. This is 06. So people were yeah. still printing music on, on CDs. I
1: mean, people weren't even really, like, we did our first one in 2004, and, like, we were selling CDs, like... It's crazy I don't even know how people were already downloading music and stuff like people were already kind of over CDs But we sold them for years
0: man my dude. I got a healthy n- number of spins out of that <laughs> out of that uh, CDs so were like team Canada and and it was it was like it just prepped us for the night you weren't in Surrey But it was yeah. it was an incredible night, but let me just uh, Rewind back to this night in Winnipeg we get to the party it's this old like industrial space, like it. it was like I a, remember this. It was like a, a like a like decrepit a gal- building.
1: Yeah, it was like a loft gallery thing. Yeah, and yeah. it was like
0: for like for lease. Like it was an empty yeah. raw space. they had painted like the ceiling, but like the paint chips had started. We were falling in the drinks. Yeah, so like little black pieces of paint were in the drinks, and it, they. So it was like a drink cost a dollar. So for twenty bucks you got lit. So at one point, <laughs> I don't
1: remember that part, but wow. That sounds
0: <laughs> and it was a, right. you know, Winnipeg is there was a healthy ratio at this party. And yeah. they had like they had these local artists that had like these um these paintings that they like this graffiti yeah. alley or whatnot. Anyway, when you guys got on the tables, you guys are just okay, you're just murdering it, the arc is going. And at one point at what I felt was like the height of the party, you guys just dropped the Beatles, oh, bloody, oh, Blood, Like it went from like Jay-Z to oh, bloody, oh, Blood, And I was like, what? <laughs> that just blew my mind. i like, this is amazing. Blah, goes on, brah. And then you guys had like scratched into something else. I'm like, what? And that wasn't the only time you sort of broke. Like you just stopped and you just played some iconic record that was, uh, uh, some genre that was opposite of what you guys were playing. But. To experience that live was it was amazing. And from 06, that was one of the most memorable parties I've been to in my life. It was because wow. of you and Rock.
1: And you've you've been to some parties.
0: I've been I've been to some parties. <laughs> I've been I haven't been to Asia yet, but I've been and I'm sure th- those cats go wild in, Damn. in cer- certain parts that w- of here. That was
1: a wicked one though. That was really fun. I remember like we were like hanging from the pipes and like doing <laughs> things. I remember some craziness <laughs> like that, but
0: it was yeah. uh it was it was so much fun, man. And I, I wonder like uh um and you know, I'm still talking about this party in 2018. It's like yeah. 12 years later. That's the one I remember. Damn,
1: we old man. Are we old? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't feel it, but I, I mean, technically, we are definitely old. That was a long time ago.
0: I suppose, yeah. Technically, uh, you um, you spend your life on planes. Part of, like a big mm-hmm. part of your life on planes, just getting to to festivals, headlining shows, whatever. Okay, so by and that, just doing a, a, a small creep on your IG, yeah,
1: good. countries you've been to so far yeah.
0: this year, Russia.
1: Yeah, I did my first show in Russia this earlier this year. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna get back to that. England?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I did uh I did England and Paris. Yeah, London and Paris.
0: France is on the list, okay, yeah. yeah. And then the United States, you were at Ultra?
1: Yeah, I did in Ultra Miami. Miami, yeah. But I did like the entire US. Like this winter I did I did my own tour and then I did a tour with Steve Aoki, and we just did we I between that I did like forty five shows in fifty days or something. It was like real intense. Even for me, that is crazy. So Um, I covered all of the states, but then we did a few. Yeah, we did a few gigs in Europe and stuff. (sighs) I don't
0: even know how you find. Okay, so as you're traveling, though, then that's just like a small sampling of the first six months of your year. Yeah, what is your what is your taste palette like? Because you're going to all these different places. Are you one of those dudes like "Eh, I'm just gonna have a steak and a Caesar salad, or are you adventurous with what you're eating? If you're going to Russia, yeah, which is the cuisine is much different than England, which. Both those England. places are
1: not that lit for food, but I right, mean, Yeah, England I mean, is terrible food.
0: France a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's good food everywhere, but uh, yeah. Power? But France is sick, though. I Actually, love. I love Paris. Um, you know, it's great. I, I like. Hey, are you eating? I'm like, like duck a,
0: and rabbit. Uh, yeah. Zanui?
1: Oh, yeah. When w- I'm very like when in Rome kind of person. So oh, okay. So I'm definitely not like a steak and Caesar salad guy. Like I am if you're like at the keg, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like, but when I'm abroad, I mean, sometimes I have a very short window of time in these places, so. I try to like absorb the culture as much as I can, and one of the best ways to do that, I find, is to go and um, and really dig in on some local food.
0: You How know, are find it though. Are um, you are not Anthony Bourdain? God rest his soul.
1: Yeah, rest in peace, man. But uh, I mean, I learned a lot, and I was really inspired by him, as as many of us were. But someone who got to travel like he did, you know, and real real briefly in the same kind of way. And I mean, I mean, I referenced places he went, but also talked to locals and also dug in on the internet everywhere we go. I still do. And I'm with my tour manager usually. And we, um, that's my thing. Like my thing is like, yeah, I'm going to find out where that, where the lit stuff is and not just like the tourist thing. Like, like you're we're not go, eating at an Applebee's in No, Kansas man, like, never, oh. dude, never. No, we, we go to... You know, if you're in the South, like, you, you know, we find the lit barbecue spots, and, like, <laughs> but like the real dope grimy ones, you know, <laughs> right, and, right. uh, you know, we, we, but we do that everywhere we go in the world. And, um, and yeah, I'm all about trying crazy things. Like I've eaten all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: Give me, give me an example. Give me like,
1: <sighs> I mean, uh, just anything like, that, what's
0: what, what, like what, my, what is the most, I don't gy- know what's
1: crazy to you, but I mean, I've eaten, I feel like, especially in like China and Some some places in Asia, like...
0: Have you eaten octopus that was not cooked?
1: I have not done that yet. I don't, but that's I, don't a t- thing. I don't know if that's a thing. But apparently you, it can uh, it can suffocate you, though. You, you, you Imagine can, if you
0: just get stuck yeah, in your esophagus, apparently that like can the happen. suction cups.
1: Apparently that can happen. Yeah, it can suffocate you. Ooh. So I'm not really trying to go out like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've tried eaten like insects and like crazy stuff. I don't know, like all kinds of animal parts, like every part of every animal. Have you eaten
0: the, like the butt of an animal? Like the butthole?
1: The butthole? Like, Is that, that thing? thing? Yeah, I mean... Got-
0: I, yeah. I have I think, you <laughs> of an animal
1: yeah
0: <laughs> oh hey I, I, might, I might have to edit that part out uh no, no way I I, I I think I saw Anthony Bourdain he was in <laughs> uh geez I one of the uh, one of the countries in uh I mean Africa is 52 countries so one of them and uh It was like he was, you know, a local group of people, like a tribe. That like the the head tribesman was like offered like, okay, this is I don't know, it's part of a pig or something, but it was like, it was the rectum, and it guy wasn't clean, like it wasn't like, and it was like he said it was like um, medium rare. So it's like super raw, and he's like, I can't disrespect it, be like, this is the leader of this tribe, like, I gotta, yeah. I'm taking one for the team. Yeah, and I've like, been in
1: that kind of spot a few times, you, You've like,
0: had to take one for the team, or just not want to disrespect the culture
1: Yeah, not want to disrespect the culture, yeah, but like, yeah, basically, I've saddled up with, um, remember one time in Chenju in China, a, a videographer that was with us had friends of his family or something that were going to take us out. So it was like two young families, and we got to dinner, and they were, we were a bit late, and they were already there, and they ordered. And it was like a hot pot. So was, that's in the Sichuan province. It was like hot pot. And we were starving. I remember I was with Raph. I was it was Team Canada tour, and, and we were starving. And we sat down and ordered a beer, a couple beers, and uh, and we looked at everything on the table. And it was all raw, too, because it was a hot pot, so you got to kind of go cook it. And we're like, and we would love hot pot. Like, we've eaten hot pot a ton of times, like, lamb, beef, like, all the stuff, whatever, you know? Even maybe chicken hearts, whatever. We've been gone in. But, like, this was none of that stuff. <laughs>
0: okay. There were, like, 15
1: things that were clearly animal parts that we were, like... And they there was a language barrier, so we tried to ask, and they were, like kind of gesturing animals with like, but like the <laughs> neck, you know, or that like, <laughs> or like pointing at parts where you're like, Oh, okay. It's like a duck throat. Okay. We're doing that. So, so we were just like throwing stuff in and eating it. And like, I always say that all the craziest things I've ever eaten were at that meal because, because <laughs> I didn't know what any of those were. And they were all crazy things and they looked beautifully presented, but we didn't want to offend anyone. And, and Raph was good like that too. I mean, he was down to, to, to just, try whatever, you know?
0: So, right, so you're eating this foreign food, dude, like it's the first time this is touching your, your palate. Yeah. Are you the kind of dude like, yeah, do you guys have any, any sriracha? Any like hot yeah, sauce? Yeah, you know what just I mean? Just to try to coat it? There's like,
1: like, isn't a thing like that, man? There were like sauces and stuff. Yeah, you dip the stuff in, but I mean, you're, but there's no H- the right? texture was so crazy and we were a little concerned because we'd already had toured China a little bit. Like this was in our first rodeo over there and I, I remember sometimes we'd sit down at restaurants and look at the menu. And there'd be like an English translation. If you weren't like right in Shanghai, or you were like anywhere outside of that, you look at the English translation. And it's like, yo, are we are gonna get this like bull penis with soy sauce, like. And you're like, you know, like I think I'm good on that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty much up for whatever. But I mean, do we need to eat? Like for our main, <laughs> can we do an
0: appetizer of that, like appetizer size or something? Yo, can you guys uh, bread it and just deep fry? it <laughs> in yeah, then deep fry it real yeah, quick. Yeah, and just get a little,
1: just something, you get know, some taste out. Of
0: there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible! What about okay? So you, uh, Russia? Yeah. Uh, do you remember? Give me like, were you able to go outside? Were you in Moscow or were you in St. Petersburg? Do you remember where you where you were for that one?
1: We uh, this was only like a month or two ago. Yeah, we went to Moscow. Um, it sucks because we actually had three days, I think it was around our the Paris strip or something, but I had arranged like a day before the show and a day after so we could really explore, and it sucked because our visas got messed up, oh, like no, whoever applied for our visas, like the promoter or something messed up, so it was only good the day of. So actually, had to change all our flights, and only were allowed to go for the day. Oh, that and sucks. you don't want to mess around with these like Russian visas. No, it's like to <laughs> those Russia countries. Russia. There are certain though. countries you don't want to like, you know, get stuck in or try to like overstay your welcome. So, um, but we did the, we made the most of it, and we did a lot of exploring. We just walked, man. We like, we got there and dropped our stuff at the hotel at four p.m. and we walked for like five hours, just all around uh, the Kremlin and uh yeah i mean that the, all that area around there is just full of history and it's pretty cool to check out but i mean we didn't get the time that it would have been but i'll be back was I'll that your back. first time there that was my first time there I always wanted to go so it was cool uh it was one of the ones on the bucket list for sure
0: when just, you go to russia are you do, are, do you have a sense of like okay the crowd wants they want techno or they want they 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 want like the commercial Kind of hip it or the commercial, like the I don't even want. I don't want to offend you, say like the no. Calvin Harris sound, yeah. or the Diplo sound. Like I, I'm not. Yeah. I, no, know, no, no. You're you're not a sure. purist. So, and, and I'm I'm I kind of know a little bit about EDM, but not enough to have like a a, a in depth conversation about. But do you know what they what the sound, what the vibe of the party that they want,
1: um. or do you
0: just go like, okay, I'm bringing my experience, and I know that these guys are gonna. It,
1: I did a little recon. I saw a video of the party that I was playing, it's like it was a monthly party or something. I saw a video of the last show that they had done. Um, and I also had a friend, uh, uh, a friend of mine, Georgia, she had played this party like a couple months before. So I hit her up and asked her what it was like. And I mean, I could see from the video, it's just people were going nuts. So the kids just went crazy. I was actually terrified though, because when I went, when I went to go on. Um, I had a, There was a long list of support acts. They had like five other acts on the bill and I was headlining this party. It was my first time in Russia. But I had a lot of messages from people over the years and leading up to the show, like fans that were coming to the show, and fans were asking me to come to Russia. So I felt pretty good that like kids were gonna know my stuff, but before I went on this like, one of the acts was, the guy who played right before me was like this crazy Russian rapper. And he was like really? real big, like I like looked him up was there, and everyone was singing every song, and they were like going crazy. And I was like, "Oh man, this is nuts! like I'm even gonna go after this guy like this is I don't even know how to speak Russian, so I <laughs> to address these folks, so um, but yeah, we got lit, it was actually awesome, it nice. was actually really, really fun. The energy was crazy there, so.
0: You mentioned uh, touring with Steve Aoki, and I think I saw one of the photos on your IG. You guys like working out, or like Steve still?
1: Yeah, it's well, his thing. It's this thing. He has his thing. That's his thing. He has like a boot camp kind of thing. He does. Yeah.
0: For as much as you travel, and sometimes you don't get to experience great meals, you're just yeah. on the run, so you gotta yeah. eat in the airport, eat like crappy yeah, food. Sucks. How do you maintain the physique, guy? You're I'm, still a slim dude. You're not. A, you don't have a dad bod. I mean, I'd like to be in better shape. I
1: try when I'm home. It's like easy to get into a rhythm of exercising and stuff, but it's hard on the road. And that was like a bunch of that was a bus tour. So it's different when you're flying every day. It's real hard. Like you can do the gym in the hotel. And I try to just do little workouts in my room. But I mean, if I'm doing shows every day, then at least I've got like my show is like, an hour and a half of like fitness basically you know it's like it's like cardio it's like crazy i'm jumping yeah, around standing on the I, table I, I leave, I, on, I, the, on I, the platform I, I leave like real sweaty <laughs> it's like i find when i come home or if i have a bunch of days off and you're just like dead and you're just like you know feeling super beat from everything it's it, that's where i gotta like you know do my i gotta work out all the time but um on that tour is crazy because steve does this boot camp thing aoki does this boot camp where Um, but it's like really intense. Like he basically brings a trainer with him on tour. It was a big tour, like lots of buses. We're doing huge venues. And so there's this trainer there and we had other support acts and other staff on the tour and tour managers and all this. There's a big staff on that tour. So he would do this boot camp with whoever would like sign up for it and you could work out with the trainer. Like every day or every other day? Pretty much every day and then every day that he didn't have time to do it that the trainer would send out this list of stuff that you have to do. But it was so competitive that like if you like you basically had to prove you had a video of yourself proving you did it. You had to show up every day once you signed up for this boot camp, there was no days off okay. <laughs> and if you did, there was like all these penalties. you had to like donate a hundred bucks to his foundation or you had to like do something crazy I like embarrassing. That there's a fine system. there's a fine system like. It was pretty funny, it was so it was so hardcore that it was really daunting to start, but eventually by the end I did a couple workouts with them. we were I was doing some of the stuff like on the low with some of the other acts. We'd get the things and we'd just go do the workouts and not even tell him that we were doing it because we didn't want to be like, the, some of the, the punishments were so crazy, like people had to do really embarrassing stuff or like. Like what? <laughs> one guy, <laughs> one guy who was like an early support act, like he was the guy who was like opening. Um, I remember coming back to the bus and he had to r- walk in front of the venue uh, with his shirt off, swinging his shirt around his head, doing lunges, screaming, <laughs> screaming, Colony Tour, Colony Tour, which is the name <laughs> of the tour. And which wouldn't have been so bad, except that the doors, they were late opening the doors, and there was like 1,500 people in front of the venue. So he was doing this. Oh, and I was like, no. oh, wow. He was a champ about it, but I was like, that is not me. I am not going out like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, that's hard to come back from. Yeah. Certainly, and like if he is like a bigger dude, or if he had yeah, any kind of yeah. body issues, like that's Yo. like that day he had to confront them.
1: Yo. because there's a bunch of girls out there. Just it and, was wild. He owned it. He owned it. Actually, it was pretty. He amazing.
0: probably ended up on barstool and doesn't even know. Okay, the boot camps. Are they like? Are you guys like? Running hills, are you guys just doing like a thousand burpees? Are you Yeah, doing it's, like, it's like burpees sits? and push-ups and, and all squats kind
1: of- and that kind of thing. But then there were some that they were doing in, in gyms, you know, like CrossFit type stuff too. Yeah, it's just, I mean.
0: How old is Steve Aoki? I don't know. And he's pretty I'm lean, 10. no? I
1: don't, yeah, he's super fit. He's crazy. Lean. He's like, a yeah, like no fat on him at all. But he, uh, yeah, I mean, he does this stuff every day. He's serious about it.
0: Have you ever i 'm not
1: like that man i like I, I I do it here and there, you know, but
0: God, do you jump up like from some of your photos are you standing on the platform where your laptop and your 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 decks are or yeah. you like so you're an extra, an extra i don't know three or four feet higher than the already elevated platform like are you you know when you're when you're feeling like that groove yeah. and you just want to get people hype and you're yeah. pumping your arms. Are you on top of the platform? or Are you yeah, standing behind your, your your setup?
1: Sometimes up there and I use the whole stage. I try to go up front and and use it. I mean, you almost kind of like blackout and just get in the zone of <laughs> of what's happening. You know, if they're giving you that, they you that energy. Like then it's just I I take that energy and hype it up further, and it's just kind of that symbiotic kind of like uh, shared. Collective energy and that's what's so dope about what I get to do in the live live shows because Like dance music is so much about the crowd and about the collective energy, you know, so it's like To be able to kind of shift that and and mold it throughout your set is is just it's it's an awesome feeling
0: Have you ever considered incorporating like a gimmick or props in your performance by by that? I mean like you know marshmallow has like a a helmet and you know yeah. Deadmau5 has a helmet and yeah. Steve Aoki throws or I don't know if he does throws anymore cake.
1: oh he does he yeah.
0: does like a full cake oh yeah. The- <laughs> like, oh
1: yeah like 12 or 20 of them or something every show is what great. not just on cake uh, no like lots there's this whole stack of cakes ready every show and he throws them every show oh, my.
0: people must love it they, they just want to get smashed i got face. nothing
1: like that man i just come out and play my music but you,
0: you know. don't want to go like Bandan. i mean you go by yeah. the name of grand theft like some kind of play on i know a heist or a I
1: i know i could do that mix
0: in the mission impossible soundtrack. you're hired
1: you're my new idea guy <laughs> i'm not mad at that
0: yo let's make this the mission impossible tour with grand theft yeah you know there's there's a mission impossible movie this summer you know, whenever the next one comes out, we're to do a collab with Paramount Pictures. Tom Cruise. Hey. You, hey. you hired some local Tom Cruise dudes. I don't know. They. I don't know. They got friggin' super soakers or they got you know they're attached to a harness did it and you know the the, the famous scene where they come Dude. down where he, he repels Yeah from the ceiling. Repels. Did it and they just and they just grab a girl from the audience and then they just no you can't be stealing girls that's No it's no, crazy no. Yeah. Or maybe crazy. they maybe they they repel down and they give like flowers or give like something to Wow People in the audience
1: This is this is great I'm not even on drugs I'm,
0: I'm not. sold <clears throat>
1: all these ideas are great
0: <laughs> How do you feel about uh, celebrity DJs? And by that I mean, like, they're famous, but then like they're calling themselves DJs, like Shaquille O'Neal or Snoop Dogg or Russell Peters. Like, yeah, I'm a DJ. Even Jalen Rose, like, yeah, I DJ parties. Like, do Yo, you I know mean,
1: Shaq? Shaq and Russell are both um, serious about it. I mean, they're pretty serious about it. Like Russell, like, has always been a fan of scratching. I remember the first time I met him. um was it the Junos or something, some year, but like way back in Team Canada days and he like, he like had our mixtape, and he was like, but he's like a scratch guy, like he cuts, and so is Shaq. So Shack, Shaq, Shaq cuts.
0: Have you seen, I, I mean you met Shack, right? I met
1: Shaq, yeah, it was actually pretty funny. I met him, I met him in Miami this, this, this ultra. Um, he was out at a party that I was doing, and then I went to, went to his party later. And he was DJing stuff, like. He, how was how the He's serious skills? about it, he's super serious about it.
0: But like, how were his skills?
1: Um, I mean, it was okay. I only saw him, I, In report, fairness, honey. I only saw him for a second. But I, I will say that he is serious about it. You know, he gets his tunes, and he's serious about scratching, from what I understand. <laughs> and he's he's watching like he's he was watching A Track and Diplo, and them were playing too at the other party. And he's I mean he's very into it. He was ubiquitous at uh, at um, Miami Music Week this year. At like auto around ultra he was at every I mean, party that
0: guy's a legend. He was I mean, at every
1: party, man You you couldn't escape him. He was everywhere
0: when you saw him in real life. You're like that guy is Six inches taller and like 80 pounds bigger than I he thought is he was
1: good enormous Yeah, he's it the largest crazy. human you'll ever see in real life. It is crazy. Actually. It was it was really really crazy um, Yeah, I got me. I, mean, I just got picked with him and meet him uh, at one of the shows. I was doing there
0: how do you um, think he scratches with the his hands are like twice know, the size of like regular human hands? You could just
1: grab your skull your and just face. crush yeah. it, and like just crush your whole body.
0: Yeah, he like, like he's like Thanos and bringing the Avengers. Like it just it's insane.
1: It is insane. Like I was,
0: uh, I feel like Aaron, you're being nice what? in in uh, Shaquille O'Neal's assessment or in your assessment. I mean, lot lost O'Neal's, celebrity.
1: Okay, so back to your question, a lot of celebrity DJs. I think like. Anyone that, like, cares about the craft and, like, is down with, you know, is really about music and DJing, they don't have to be the best. Everyone has to start somewhere. If people come out to see them because they're, I mean, hosting a party or they're DJing it, I don't care. Like, I feel like a lot of DJs get really hurt about that. But, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's it's usually a reflection of, you know, what, like when anyone's mad about anything. It's a reflection of what where you at, you're at. you at yourself or you're mad because people can go to that party instead of seeing you or something, but i don't really look at it like that I mean, sure pe- you know people with more Instagram followers are going to do lots of things that you won't have the opportunity to do that's that's, that's cool I guess I mean that's the world we live in like it's annoying in general, but no more about djing <laughs> than anything else like I mean, I feel like we live in a world where if someone has enough Instagram followers, they're going to be you know the president of. The United, United States, States? <laughs> you know that's the world we live in right now. That's so you're in a, true. You, you care about who's DJing at the a club that I don't even probably want to go to anyway. It's like some DJ, celebrity DJ. I can't DJ. Yeah, I mean that's not going to be a very good party. In my experience, celebrity parties in general are not very good parties. When they're either the host or the DJ. What do you think? I mean, have you ever have you been to parties where like it's a celebrity host and it's like actually really a good time? Like, uh never. Yeah, <clears> I would never. say I'm basically never. I've DJed a lot of them. Or, or, I mean, some of them and. um you know, it's not usually a good time. People are there to take pictures of the celebrity or yeah. try to get them with them. No one's really having a good time. Everyone's like kind of, you They're know, just, like just looking. like looking in that general direction. It's and changed that, the whole vibe yeah. of the party. No one's present at all, and it's just not a good party. It seems like a cool idea, and you're like, oh, wow, do you want to, you know, DJ this party for so-and-so? And it's like, I mean... I, I'm not really about it. It's it's not that cool. So I mean when people am I mad about those people doing it? Nah, it's like do your thing, but some of them are like the ones you named Shaq and Russell are actually into the culture Okay, they're actually into the culture man.
0: All yeah. right. Well, then, listen, that's that's a, yeah. that's a huge compliment. Yeah uh, No, I'm not given I'm, by you. No, it's to them when you were starting out making music Were you were you doing remixes of records or were you just starting from scratch like alright? Let me just Get the right drum pattern first, or do you go like, okay, I like these chords, this chord progression, Mm -hmm. or you like, okay, I have a certain sound of like the percussion. Let me start with the percussion, the hi hats, or 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 a couple of a couple of synths. Where do you where do you start when you're making music?
1: I've always tended to start with the music part, the chords and melodies, because uh, I'm a piano player first. Oh, sick! um, So it's how good is your left
0: hand? I mean, it's
1: okay, you know. It's I can play. I'm not like great at piano, but I mean, I I was classically trained. I, I mean, I was better when I was like a teenager because I really played. But I could. I mean, I can play in the studio, you know. Nice. Um. So these days, I usually start with that and come up with some chords, and then try to build a drum around it and the melody. I mean, it depends if I'm in there with. Uh, sometimes I'm in there with writers or singers, and. um uh, I'm trying to write song songs and uh, You know the, the process is different depends who I'm in with but usually even in that instance I start playing chords and I work on melodies with the singer and and we write from there you know? I
0: find that your drums are always so big like they always have such a huge sound
1: Drums are cracking <laughs>
0: they, they are and it, and maybe that's just because you you know people respond to it like when the baseline when the yeah. drums the drums drop. are up
1: front Yeah, I like to, I, that's like that's I gets like to have people
0: it. moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I
1: like to have the drums up front. It's also the rap head in me because you know like all the rap I used to always like had the drums up front, you know whether it be primo or neptunes or timbo These are the guys who like inspired me and uh, Their drums are just Big, you know, at the time, like all in a different way, but like, you know, I I I do it my way, you know, and uh, with the technology I have now, and it's like real crazy. I can get that, get those drums really cracking.
0: I love what you did. You had you just had a remix on like I think Calvin did a. I was on your SoundCloud a few years ago, and you did some. Calvin did a song with Rihanna, and you did a remix.
1: Me and Diplo did a remix for "Bitch Better Have My Money."
0: Oh, I don't think I heard that one. Yeah, we did. Those, that. Oh, those oh,
1: oh, oh, yeah, we did that one. Oh, you're talking about the other one he did with Rihanna. Yeah, so uh, I've done three remi- remixes for Calvin. That was the third one. That one I want to do myself. Um, uh, this is what this is what you came for. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes.
0: That's right. Yeah, it was the fourth one. And I yeah. I only bought it because I saw your name on there. I was like, all right, I'm going to support. Gonna support Grant that, thank and you, sir. Thank but you. I, that's like your your drums are always uh, very big, and the, the song you did was just cause. Um, she she's not she's the one.
1: Yeah, just chase. Yeah, just chase. Yeah. Like,
0: what's the name of that song? She knows. She knows.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: She knows big 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 drums, and the, the song you did with uh, Delaney Jane.
1: Easy go. Easy yeah. go,
0: which you recently had a pla- plaque platform. Yes.
1: Yeah, it just went gold in Canada, so Shout we're happy you, about that. That's my first gold record.
0: Shout out to you. Do you have like a a set amount of songs that you want to try to get like pump out or try to finish bef- as your home, or can you take that stuff on the road and and try to like you know not master it but fine tune these these songs that you're making or do you have to be there with the artist to finish the song
1: a bit of both um i'm I'm just trying to write music and write new ideas and I mean I have a lot of music now stockpiled but um I'm just still, I'm, like, I've, I've had a bit more sustained time to, like, really write, and it's always, like, a rush the last few years because I'm home for a couple of days. I'm trying to, like, finish a song I start so we can get it out, and we always have very structured, like, me and my managers have a very structured timeline for, like, you know, finishing records and putting them out, but now um, I've just kind of, like, thrown that to the wind because I just have, finally have time to, like, really get creative and, like, really dig in and find a new wave, and so I've been just writing music, like, you know, before that winter tour, and now since that, I've just been going in and writing songs. So I have a bunch of new stuff. Some a couple of turn up things, but a lot of like kind of real. I don't even know how to describe it. Kind of wavy R and B kind of. Did stuff you do my a album. song
0: where you were? It was just on the piano. Where oh yeah, my, yeah. and it was a female vocalist. So 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 what, e- what song easy, was that? It was Easy Go with the lady. I did an acoustic version. I did like an, an, version. Did like right. an
1: unplugged version. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we wanted. I didn't know to
0: you me. played the piano. That's that's yeah.
1: when I was like, oh wow. Yeah, no one did really. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> except people would had been in the studio with me. So it was cool. It was a challenge because like I had to like remember how to do it, and I wrote that whole piano arrangement um, in the days leading up to it. Um, and it was like, wow, I got to really remember because it. one thing to play, mess about in the studio. It's another thing to go in front when you got a camera crew and you're like, okay, like do this, you know. I wasn't one take or anything like that. But, you know, I had to sit there and record in a real studio and record the piano. And it was like, yo, I I don't want to (laughs) suck. I like practice, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I hadn't done that in so long. So
0: when you mention uh, when you're writing, is that are you writing lyrics? Are you writing choruses? Are you just writing like the actual music in the arrangement of the song?
1: In the past, I was going in and um, I mean, with a beat and like, working on a concept maybe with the writer and they were really writing this the singer was really doing the whole thing the, the vocal you know or I'd send it to someone and they would do something but and then it evolved into like all the sessions I've been doing for the last year or so I've I've decided I want to go into these sessions with nothing so I just go in and start playing you know we we decide on a concept I start playing some chords how's that working and we start working on melodies together and it's evolved in the last like 6 months to where I'm writing a lot more lyrics and writing the songs with the people um,
0: Which is a common practice right the yeah. producer Writing with the artist yeah. even though the- I think it's
1: just because I'm not like a natural singer So I've always been kind of shy to do that or just try so your
0: voice on the reference track
1: Not really no <laughs> it, never really I mean a couple times I've had done little backups and stuff, but not really but now I'm sitting there and like write come up with concepts and writing a lot of the lyrics of the songs and uh, Especially when they're for my records. I want I want them to be personal, you know, and I want them to be songs about stuff that means something to me, so. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of, or, you know, and I just know the way that I want it to be, you know what I mean? Just like every other part of the song. So it's like this part they I don't have control over, and it's like nice to be able to put together a song from beginning to end, and it's cool. And I have some really great people that I like to write with, and um, I've learned a lot from, I've been lucky to write with some really great singers and writers, and I'm soaking up their process and stuff, so it's been educational and cool this year to like take that time to do that
0: sold i'm buying all of your music from now until infinity
1: you've always been a supporter cabbie i appreciate it
0: guy like from that from that first party i was like i'm a fan and like (laughs) and i've seen you subsequent time like i came to montreal one one random time we stopped by your guys your guys uh your rest or your your bar there oh yeah the blue dog and i think i'm pretty sure every time i've seen you and i always do this or i used to always do this to like scratch bastard and and like Tom Rex, I'd always like, yo, give me some more Jay Z. Oh, I need yeah, some, you're I need the Jay-Z a Jay Z guy. Set. That's right. I need a Jay- And I know I just, I bugged forgot. the hell out of like dozens of what? DJs and I'm that annoying dude because no one really wants, no one really wants to be disturbed by anybody. No. They're like, let me play the party. I'm the professional. But then you have idiots like me or just like random girls, ha, huh, Could you play this? Like, yeah, I know I was more obnoxious than those people. Nah, just no, but, asking but that's for the a good Jay-Z request. Set.
1: That's a good request though.
0: Yeah, because there's so many bangers.
1: But uh, what do you think? We're going to flip the interview around. So, what do you think about the last Jig album?
0: with jay-z and beyonce or 444
1: no, let's start with uh the one before that 444 yeah 444
0: uh it was some grown-up music i love with no id i liked it yeah, one the one producer and yeah. one one artist i thought that was cool yeah and i really liked marcy me was my favorite song smile was nice like he he was like he also shared more than he's ever like, I know, shared Obviously, I know. like the yeah. infidelity and yeah you know and then his, about his mom you know finding love and stuff and then I agree. uh I like I like how he he closed the song with sort of a, a love letter to his kids and then Kanye similarly like a year later did the same on his record yeah. had the had the kind of a love letter for his mm-hmm. his daughters daughter or daughters was it Northwest and Surrey, whatever his kids whatever his daughters
1: kids I can't follow these things
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah I, I, what'd you think of it
1: I actually liked it I mean I don't find I think it's kind of like probably like irrelevant to young people but to me I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Me too. And That's I thought era, it was man. so grown up. I mean, it's like, it speaks to me coming from being a rap head from a long time ago and being an idiot in my 20s and, <laughs> and, and being a grown up. And like, dude's rapping about save his money in real estate. And That's heavy. right. This, yes. Man, this speaks to me, dog. <laughs> but I'm old. My guy's
0: like, I'm giving you all this knowledge for nine ninety nine yeah, or whatever. The, I know. That line the, is
1: like, great. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I know. I like it. You know what? When, um, when,
0: uh, when he was like, "How am I going to buy Belvedere when 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 uh, Puff got Ciroc?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess I should." Even though I don't really like Puff Daddy, yeah. like, I should probably support Puff, even though it doesn't really he's a sure. bi- he doesn't really need my money. But, he doesn't, but. like, uh, you know, I I subscribe to Tidal just so that I can get those surprise Jay Z and or Beyonce out. That's why I pay the ten bucks a month for Title specifically just for, for that d- reason.
1: That's a real Jay Z fan. I'm telling you, my dude. Because I think you're maybe the only person on dial. <laughs> So what about I'm the, I'm what about dude. the what about the Beyonce and Jay-Z? It's
0: it's nice. The production oh, yeah. is
1: you you hear it or no? Yeah, I did. I you don't
0: you were like it. I didn't love it. I think it, man. the production is so it's intricate like it wasn't Production is really
1: good. Yeah, production is good. I just Yo, Jay,
0: Beyonce rapping, my dude? Yeah. She's like she has so much confidence It sounds just, like
1: it sounds like Migos wrote the album. I think they they might have written some no, of it. Like, yeah, man. they must have wrote a bunch of it. It sounds no, like are Migos. You the whole thing sounds like Migos' flow. I'm not even mad. I love Migos. But actually, I don't. As a Jay Z fan, I, it's hard for me too. Because on first listen, I was like, it just sounds like." Beyond say it was just like you stand here and say this. No, like, oh. are you kidding, <laughs> boss? You're the you're my, the number one Jay Z fan. But that's like, how it I'm, came I'm up I'm good here.
0: on any MLK. What I uh, I'm good on any on any MLK Boulevard. Uh, my guy had uh, boss was boss nice. I didn't really like a. The video was sick in the Louvre. Like that is some.
1: I haven't seen that. Mega
0: iconic-ish, to pull that off. You said on first listen. I try to give an album three full listens yeah. and then give an opinion there's, so I can, like, because you, you miss things and then some things will hit, like, oh, I didn't, oh, that's a clever line, or like, oh, I. That's true. You know, oh, this part of the beat. So, like, the the, the Drake record's out. And let's, go,
1: let's go there. Were you up listening to that last night?
0: 100%.
1: So was I. I'm I'm pretty tired today because I was up early. (laughs) And I was listening to that at 4.30. I was like, okay, I could go to sleep. This is crazy. I I actually went to bed having listened to a few songs. I was like, I'll just play it and I'll probably fall asleep. I ended up staying up listening to it and like... Pulling up a couple songs, and, you know.
0: I'm with you, yeah, guy. Like at 11:57, yeah. it popped up on Apple. I'm like, purchase. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I went for a run at. I left my place at 12:20. I'm like, let me listen to as much as of this record that I can. And then when you're running, it's just like you and your thoughts, and there's nothing else to mm-hmm. distract you. So uh, I'm only like two full listens through at this point. When people see this or yep. hear this, uh, so I, I can't. I like what I'm hearing. Some stuff is like. Eh. But I like uh, I like I'm more of a side A guy than a side B. Side B is obviously for the late night, so you're yeah. making moves, you're yeah. closing deals. Side A is for the heads, like yeah, right, you know, survival, oh, uh, yeah. nonstop. Oh yeah. Um, I, but I, you know, heat. I I think I actually I think God's Plan is the best song on the record, and that's the first one we heard in like January. My it's God definitely the biggest
1: a, banger, definitely the biggest banger. But there's some good ones on there though, man. But same things. I still I also feel like I did about the Jay-Z stuff. I mean, Drake just he just has good ways of putting things and it speaks to me when it comes to like so many different things. But I don't know. I, I like that I like the album. I was prepared to be a bit disappointed. It's pretty long. You were prepared to be disappointed? Well, I always like his albums, but I just felt like he's in this crazy place, that whole push of battle, and it's like he never came back from that. And I was like, How's he gonna address this? And yeah. this album has to be amazing because I felt the same thing but differently about Kanye album, like this album has to be amazing because this guy's talking so much nonsense. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I really,
1: it's hard for me to like him right now. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of his music, but he's always so annoying, and he's an all time annoying right now. And the album fell short for me. I thought really? Was, I thought it was cool. I thought that was cool. The Nas album was cool. did um,
0: the Cutty the and the Pusha T and the Pusha T album
1: was cool. They were. It's all very much them. It's it very Kanye. Very Nas album was very Nas. Pusha's album was very Pusha. It was like good rap music. I mean, this is a great year for rap. Don't get Huge, me wrong. Yeah. But the only one out of those four that I really was like, whoa, this is like real fresh was the Kanye album. Personally. But I'm also listening for different things. Like I just want to hear something that I haven't heard before. Oh. And it's also like, it's not like that Kanye album is just like, I don't know, man. Just it's like his worst album to me. There's like, he has great albums. I mean, every album is. See, I didn't like
0: Jesus that much.
1: I didn't even love Yeezus, but it was an important record, and it was like you think it was, it was an so creative, record? so creative. It was. Guy, so God, my dude
0: starts with on site, and it's like it's the d- distortion. It's yeah. loud. It's, it's like, creative though. It, fe- it feels like there was like a lot of things I never. Clean.
1: Yeah, no, I, there's a lot of things I'd never heard before in uses. True,
0: I mean, you know? yeah, but is that uh, is that a good thing? I don't
1: know. I mean, in a way, it's like,
0: like we have to do these it's guys like,
1: push the envelope, man. True, it's like, no, you're these right. are like I mean, the the gods of this music. Like, like push the envelope. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. You know, you got to give your Give people what they came for, but like also yeah, like Black her- Skinhead
0: was legit. And like, was- wow,
1: that was crazy! And record.
0: Uh, what was the other one? The one I loved was Blood on the Leaves. Blood like, on the Leaves was amazing. Record. Le- it was huge. Yeah, that was and a then, banger. What when those drums come in with yeah. like, bow, bow, like the horns and the drum? Yeah. Bow, 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 it was like yeah. a huge announcement. That's it. Have you done a ho- an all hip hop show in a while?
1: Yeah, I've done a bit of that and a bit of all house music too. Like just sometimes I'll just go out for an after party, or actually I'll just show up sometimes. I got friends playing in the city. I'll just show up with a Key and, and jump on and play some rap. <laughs>
0: they're like, Yeah, yeah, come through, but they really like, Oh man, this guy's just gonna just murder our party.
1: Nah, no, it's not even like that. But it's good to be able to do because it just I always stay up on rap and I don't always get to play that in my shows. Like, they're different, you know. So That's fair. so the DJ in me is like, yo, let me go play some rap tonight sometimes. I gotta gotta do it. And it allows me to play this kind of stuff too, so
0: well, listen, I got to get out to one of your shows soon. I don't know if I have yeah, the air miles do. to get to Singapore or. Uh, I'm
1: playing Echo Beach on July 20th. In t- okay, in Toronto?
0: Sure, sure, sure. That's not
1: too far, right?
0: No, I'm not. The- <laughs> I think I could ride a bicycle to Echo Beach nice. where I live. Uh, but I, I'd rather see you on the road somewhere with a different, like outside of Canada. Oh, different- Montreal. No, but that's I'll in Canada. I got to go to like one of your, your US joints or like just see hey, It would be sick to see you in
1: Europe. Anywhere I'm at, you're invited. Anywhere you're at. You All come right, well, listen, and party, I'll host you anywhere.
0: If I I appreciate that. And if I do come out to Europe, or if you're in Latin America have you been to Latin America?
1: I haven't. Only as That's far a different like that's Mexico. a totally
0: different vibe.
1: Like Caribbean, I've done like Mexico and um, Dominican and stuff like that, but never never South America. So I'm I'm dying to go. And I have like potential stuff in there, but we've never been able to write a full tour, so soon I hope.
0: Listen, if you do your Latin America tour and You're
1: you're on for that.
0: Oh my word. And I, I just hope you just like Cab, okay, I'm just playing this party strictly for the women. I'm like, yes, yeah. I will be there. Yes. Uh, and then we will try some of the craziest food, the wildest food they have to offer. Absolutely. Make sure they deep fry it. I'm going to come with my own hot sauce just to make sure, just in case.
1: Oh, damn. <laughs> You're not playing.
0: Grand Theft, you can follow him on IG, at Grand Theft. His website is, is it GrandTheftMusic.com or just yeah, GrandTheftMusic.com. Grand Theft music. Dot com. Uh, and uh, he keeps it's. All, I'm impressed. It's always up to date. All your tour dates are there. and um, you can have FOMO by watching his feed or you can just go live your life but if you do have FOMO watching his feed you got to get out to one of his shows thank you for stopping by the Cabbie Presents podcast thank you for having me man
1: thank you for listening to Grand Theft this was Cappy Presents the podcast